Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. series today that's called the miracle of mercy we're continuing it I should say the miracle of mercy and today I want to talk to you about God's fail God's not God's failure God's mercy and my failure so every one of us in this room have had a failure can we just if you've ever failed let me see your hand anybody beside me yes we all have so I'm talking to you you and I we're talking about things that we've experienced and so I want to talk to you about that uh, this morning I want to lean into the story of Simon Peter's failure, but I'm need to back up just a moment and show you where, where he is in this moment in time before we read the passage. Simon Peter is, is, has been on a very spiritual high. Jesus has just taken the, the disciples into the room. They're celebrating Passover, and this is where we get the Last Supper at, or the communion as we call it in the church. This is where the first one happens at. And so it's a real spiritual moment. They're feeling great. And then, and so they leave there and they're going to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And, and, and Simon Peter says to Jesus, you know, Lord, if everybody fails you, you can count on me. I'm going to be the man. You can always count on me. And Jesus says, oh, no, Simon, you will fall before daylight, basically, before, before the rooster crows. They're, they're, you're going to deny me. And so I want to read to you the passage and let you feel the emotion of what happens here as Simon Peter has that failure. He denies Jesus. Look what it says in Matthew 26. It says this. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You are also where you also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself and swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The same thing that happens when we fail is all of a sudden we begin to have remorse. There's another verse I want to share with you that actually Simon Peter wrote after he repented. And it's this verse, and I want us to memorize it today so it's on your outline. We're going to quote it several times a day. Would you read this 1 Peter 5 and 7 with me? Let's say it out loud. You ready? Come on. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Let's say that again. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You have to know this. We'll talk more about that at the end of the message, but I want us to memorize that today, so we'll say it a couple times. It's my endeavor, to, uh, my goal today to give you... Th- Three things today that cause failure in our lives, and then I want to give you three things to do when you fail, because every one of us will have failures in our lives, and we have to know how to deal with them. So the first three things I want to give you starts with this. Number one 
is that we fail when we overestimate our strengths. We fail when we overestimate our strengths. Now, we see this in this story because again, looking at the, on your outline, you'll see the verse here where Simon Peter made this statement. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, let, would you read out loud those next three words? I never will. Isn't it amazing? The things that you say you will never do, you can sometimes end up doing, amen? Amen. I love it when my kids, when I tell them, you know, you ought to do this, they say, I'll never do that. I love it when they say that. Because I've lived long enough to find out that when you say you never will, you will. Amen. Well, when it comes to sin in our lives, we don't have to. But the thing that happens is when we begin to be so confident is we let down our guard. And when we let down our guard and we say, I've got this, you know, I can, go, I can go there and it won't bother me. Or I can watch that and it won't bother me. Or I can do this and it won't bother me. The moment that you begin to do that and you get confident, so confident in your strength, that's the moment that you begin to fail. Amen, everybody? Is that, listen, the, listen, the right time and the right place, you will fall for anything. Amen. My, myself included, all right? So, listen, you know, you don't go to bars just to eat the peanuts. You just can't do it. Oh, I'm just going to go sit with my friend and eat the peanuts. Oh, no, 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 no. Doesn't work that way. Amen, everybody. You get the point. We'll move on. The next thing I would like to say is this, is number two is that we fear the disapproval of others. We fear the disapproval of others. Look what happens here. It says, but Peter followed at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guard to see the outcome. Simon Peter was so concerned about what the crowd thought of him that he put distance between himself and Jesus. I want to say this clearly today. When you get so concerned about what other people are saying about you, it's amazing how it will put distance between you and Jesus. Amen? What I want you to know is that whoever has the last word in your life is your God. If God is going to be God, he has the last word in my life. I want to, you know, I want to listen to people I want to hear what people think, but if, if what they think and what they believe is outside of what God says, then I'm sorry, I cannot go with that. Amen? Amen? And so what I want you to know is this, is the moment that you begin to say, okay, what do they think about me? What are they going to think about me? When you live your life about what everybody else thinks about you, guess what? You no longer are in charge of your life. They are. Yes. They control you. You're like a robot, you know. They're controlling everything that you do. When you begin to think, okay, well, what are they going to think? And let me just tell you something. Most people are not thinking about you. <laughs> when you realize how little they're really thinking about you, you'll quit worrying about what they think about you. Amen? Just like you thinking about you, they're thinking about them. The moment that you allow other people, what they think about you, con control you, you will never be you. You are always trying to be what you think they want you to be. 
and you were created an original, not to be a carbon copy of anybody. Amen? Amen. So let me just say this before we move on. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ today, then I want to challenge you, and I want to encourage you to say that prayer and ask him to come into your life and save you because you'll never be you until you begin to seek him and it's amazing how he helps you have the ability and the power to say, I can't help what you think about me, but I've got to be me. Amen, everybody? Amen. So right now, let's just pray the prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, there's people in this room and those that are watching online right now that God, they don't have a relationship with you. They're not following you, Jesus, and they can never be who they really are because you created us, so they can't be that person without you. So right now, we're gonna ask you to come into our lives and be our savior so that we can be ourselves. Dear Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? Forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I'm so sorry for all the bad things that I've done against you and against others. So forgive me, come into my life and save me. I need you, oh Lord, to save me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer? Remember, if you prayed that prayer today, online or in the room, I want you to check the box that I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower because I want to send you something to help you. I want your life to get better. And so it starts with Jesus and we want to partner with you and we want to pray with you. So please check that. And please, everybody, please turn this card in so we can pray over you and your family. I think you're worth praying over. Amen, everybody. So when you, drop, when you just drop this card in the bucket and your name's on it, we pray over you. I think you're worth praying for, so praying over. The third thing is this. The third thing that happens is that we speak without thinking. <laughs> Nobody's guilty of that, are they? No, no, no. We always, no, we do. And it has, it's not our problem. It's a human problem. Look what happens here. It says, after a little while, though standing here, there, went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. <laughs> Don't you love when people say you're one of them? That means you're not one of us. You're one of them. For your accent gives you away. Then he, he begins to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately, the rooster crowed. You see, saying whatever comes to your mind is not a sign of maturity. It's a sign of immaturity. Some people say, well, you know, that's just the way I am, and I just say what I feel. Well, you know, that's not a very bright person. <laughs> a child says what they think, right? That's why I love it when I get around your children, and I'm around them just a little while, and your child starts to speak. Some of you go put your hand right over their mouth. Because, <laughs> you know, they're going to say, they're just going to say the truth, and you're scared to death of that, right? Oh, my God, what are they going to say? Shoot, I'm 50, 50 plus years old and Rhonda Steele puts her hand out over my mouth sometimes. <laughs> She's scared to death what I'm going to say. But it's immature. You don't, don't, you don't, that's not a sign of, that's not a sign of, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good person or I'm just because I just say what I think. No, no, no. If you just say what you think, you're going to be in trouble, Amen. And guess what? Simon Peter, he just said what he thought because he just said, uh, and not only did he stop there, he said, no, 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 I'm going to start cussing. 
show you I'm a bad man. I'm going to start cussing. Oh, that makes you tough when you can cuss. <laughs> you know what cussing is? Cussing is nothing but fear hidden. The reason that most people cuss is because they want to try to intimidate someone because they're afraid themselves. And so they will use language as cussing to try to intimidate because they're afraid. And then also, people use cussing to fit in. So in other words, when I don't feel like I'm fitting in, I'll just use some language that sort of says, I'm one of you. But see, it's hard to be one of him and one of them. <clears throat> and if you got a cuss to fit in, then friend, I would tell you that you need to check what's going on the inside. Now, let me tell you something. Oh my God, he's talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. There is nobody that cussed more than I did before I got saved. And let me just tell you something. Those words that I used to say a long time ago, they're still right here. When somebody pulls out in front of me in my car, I don't, the first word that comes to my mind is not, oh, hallelujah, bless him, Jesus. <laughs> no, the first word that comes to my mind is one that probably comes to your mind. <laughs> you, don't think that, you don't think that's true? Yeah. All those words I learned a long time ago. You see, my family wasn't saved growing up. I thought my name was a curse word until I was seven years old. <laughs> so it's there. But the Holy Spirit of God, he lets me know you don't say that. You don't say that. Aren't you glad your pastor doesn't say those things? Now, the only time I cuss is in front of you. That's it. I, you know, God bless you. The only time I would say that is in front of you. So if I'm going to say a curse word, it's going to be in front of you. All right, everybody? Okay, let's just move on. I have a next step for you. It says this. <laughs> I will do my best to say it to God before I say it to others. So if you, if you want to cuss at God, you go ahead. So you just, you know, he'll help you temper that. And let me tell you something. It's amazing how it saves you when you do that. It's amazing how it, okay, three things to do when you fail. Here we go. The first one is this. Number one is grieve. Grieve. Look what happened here. It says, then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, you will disown me. How many times, everybody? Three. Three times. And he went outside, and what did he do, everybody? He wept bitterly. Grieving is so important. When I have a failure in my life, and when you have a failure in your life, we don't try to justify the failure. We don't try to excuse the failure. We don't try to ignore the failure. We actually, we own it. And see, the thing is that we don't like to own it because grieving is this. Grieving is admitting this has happened and allowing myself to feel the pain. And we don't like to feel pain, do we? You know, remember when you were a kid, you fell down and your parents were okay, come on, get up, that didn't hurt. Shake it off, it didn't hurt. It hurt. I'm bleeding. That's all right, boy. Get up. Come on, get out. Come on, boy. You didn't hurt. And so we're taught. 
No matter what we feel, it didn't hurt me. And now when we trip and fall, you know, we fall down on the ground and we get embarrassed. We jump up. Oh, that didn't hurt. I'm all right. And then you go over in the corner somewhere and go, oh my God, I think I broke something. <laughs> right? So grieving is not popular, but it's important because you will never be able to move on in your life until you work through the pain. Listen, several years ago, I walked into our master bathroom and Rhonda was standing in front of the mirror and she was crying. And the first thought went through my mind, oh my God, what did I say this time? What did I do? I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm like, oh, what did I do? What did I say? I'm trying to, I'm going through my mind's replaying every conversation I had in the last day or two. I couldn't think of anything. So I said, uh, <clears throat> are you okay? What's wrong? Because when Rhonda gets upset, she cries, you know? So I don't know if this is one of those where if you talk to me, I'm just going to knock you out. But she said, Jeff, I didn't get to grieve my grandfather's death. Three months earlier, her grandfather had passed away. And because we're the pastors, I actually presided over his service and Rhonda did the music. And the whole time she was thinking about making this the best for her grandfather so she couldn't do it. You can't, you don't have time, you cannot grieve in those moments because you got to perform. Amen, everybody? And so because she was so into having to perform that she didn't take that moment to feel the pain. And so three months later, it come back up and, and that's what she was doing. She was grieving at that moment. And what I want to try to tell you is this today, is that you have to allow yourself to feel the pain. If you're going to get through it, you got to go through it by allowing yourself to feel the pain. Amen, everybody? Because you can't go under it, you can't go around it. And if you don't allow yourself to feel the pain, you keep stuffing it down, then you're not, then you're going to keep it. That pain going to pop up at some time. And either you're going to admit, you're going to grieve and you're going to stop and you're going to feel it that you can get through it. Or either you're going to keep running from it. Have you ever wondered why, have you ever wondered why after a person goes through a very painful divorce, I mean, it's har horrible and, and somebody's cheated or whatever, and they say, well, it didn't hurt me. I'll show you. I'll go get somebody else. And sure enough, they run off and get somebody else. And guess what? That pain starts coming back up that they never dealt with. And they got another problem in that marriage because they didn't grieve the first one. Amen. Oh, he's preaching right now. Have you ever wondered about why so many people get so many different jobs? It's because they had a pain on the first one that they never grieved. They lost that job and they run to the next one. They didn't deal with the problem and they can't keep a job. Why? Because they never grieved the, the failure in the first place. Oh, boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, oh, we, I'll just get another one. That didn't hurt me. You're lying. It hurt. When they walked out on you, it hurt. When they left you, it hurt. And it hurt bad. And until you deal with that pain of the past and that grief in that moment, you can't go on. You can't move on, everybody. Amen? Amen? So grieving is so important. So important. Number two is this. is let my spiritual family support me. We're talking about our failures. Look what happened. Now, this is on Easter Sunday. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, she told them. 
that he had said these things to her on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together, notice that, when the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I want you to know something. I've been a Christian now for almost 40 years. And I've been a part of church. I mean, like I've been in church all my life pretty much. And I have never seen Jesus show up physically. Never. Never. I've seen people to claim to be Jesus show up. <laughs> Guy coming off the street, we was in Forest Park, said, I'm Jesus. I thought, really? Anyways. I've been a part of groups, small groups for over 20 plus years. I've never seen Jesus show up physically. But I can tell you what I've seen him hundreds and hundreds of times show up spiritually. Amen? Amen. And he showed up when the brothers and sisters come together in Christ. When, when we gather together, when two or three of us gather together, it's amazing how God uses people in our lives. And Jesus shows up right there and touches our lives when we have a failure. Someone's there to encourage us. Amen, everybody? Amen. And I want to tell you, it's so important to, to be, have a church family. And it's so important to be a part of a group and serve together so that you, you can have relationships that God can move through and, and touch you. And you need that in your lives. It's sort of like this. You see, in our spiritual journey, God's called us to be together, not do this by yourself. I don't know about you. I don't know if any of you ever cook out or anything, but I don't do it a lot anymore. But I, I used to do it a lot and try to do it. And, and Rhonda and I got more fights about it, so I quit doing it. <laughs> because I can't get it just right. I'm not, I'm not a good barbecuer. I'm just not that. I've accepted that. I failed. <laughs> I failed bad. What I discovered was this, is that you can pile those charcoals up together, throw the match in there, and, you know, light them up, and, man, they, they will just do well. But when, but when one falls off to the corner over here, it's amazing how it goes out, isn't it? All the rest of these are hot, but that one goes out. And the same thing with your spiritual life. When you try to do it all by yourself and you go over here and isolate yourself, it won't be long that your fire will go out. But when you get with the body of Christ, no matter if, you know, after your failure, you feel embarrassed. You feel like, okay, I'm ashamed of my sin. And the devil will tell you, don't you go back one because he wants you to get over here by yourself and go out. It doesn't matter what you've done. I want you to know that God loves you and that we love you and we want you to get back up and God's got your future and he's got your hand. He hasn't forsaken you. I want you to know you are loved by God. Amen, everybody. We're, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to help you get back up. Amen, everybody. No, you just don't know what happened to me, Pastor. No, I don't know. You're not in jail, hallelujah. So there's, come on. <laughs> the last thing I want to share with you is this. Is cast myself on God's mercy. Cast myself on God's mercy. Speaking about being together, before I move on to this point, we have a way of helping you connect to a bo the body of Christ, this body of Christ, because we're doing good. You know, what a question we asking everybody. Anybody remember that question? What good, what good can I do today? 
men, and so we would call it growth track is a way to help you get connected, by the way. It's where we help you find out about our church, where you can connect with our church and, and find groups and serve, and your life just take a whole new step to a higher level. So would you just check on your connection card? We'll send you information about growth track because we want to partner with you. So how, cast myself on God's mercy. Well, Peter wrote a book after he repented, and it's called First Peter. He wrote another book after that book. Guess what it's called? Hey, you got it, right? First Peter, second Peter. There we go. In this book, look what he says because he starts talking off about God's mercy because he's been forgiven. Look what he says. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he gave us new what, everybody? New life. Aren't you glad for a new life? He goes on. By raising Jesus Christ from death, this fills us with what, everybody? A living hope. A living hope. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, because he's, and if he, you've asked him to forgive you, and let me just tell you something. If you've asked God to forgive you, he's wiped that out. He never sees that again. Even though you remember your past sins, he doesn't remember them because they've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now we have a living hope. Amen? There's always a hope with us. We have a living hope. His mercy gives us life and a living hope. Then Peter writes this verse that I want to tell you we want to memorize. And that is, let's read it together. It's on your outline. It's a very big, one of the first verses on your outline. Let's read it. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now, in this verse, it says cast your cares. So I don't know about you, but when I think about casting, I think about fishing. A couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our staff members' kids, uh, Pastor Chesty's kid and Danny, one of the guys that uh, sings up here on the stage, their little boy, Drew, wants to go, wanted to go fishing. And Drew's like, you know, eight years old, wants to go fishing. So I said, okay. He calls me PJ. I said, PJ is going to take you fishing. I haven't been fishing in 20 years myself. I have an old rod and reel that I, I mean, I had to go get some string for that. It was so brittle. You pull it out, it'd break, you know? So... I had to go just about YouTube, how you use this thing. So, you know, I'm not a great fisherman, but he wanted to go and we was gonna go. And so the day that we chose to go, it had rained really hard the night before. The wind was blowing 20 miles an hour. I thought we are not going to catch any fish. So I decided that we would go casting. Okay, what that means is that they're gonna, we're gonna throw the rod, and we're gonna throw the line out in the water. We're just gonna reel it in and throw it out in the water, reel it in. We're gonna have fun. We're not gonna catch any fish. And so sure enough, we go out there uh, to the little lake we went to and, and um, he had his little Snoopy rod and reel. We get out there, you know, and I'm trying to teach him how to cast. I say, I show him, I have mine, I show him how to do it. I said, now Drew, you mash this little button in here and you're just gonna throw it, you know? And you, when you do, you gotta let go of the button. You mash the button in, you gotta let go. So sure enough, he'd mash the button in, then he'd let go of the button and the string would fall on the ground. He'd go like this, you know? I said, no, Drew, you got to hold the button. You got you to hold. Then he'd hold the button. He wouldn't let go of it. Let's go down here. And so finally he got it. You know, he got, he man, he got, he could, he could just throw that. And what he would try to do is he would try to hold it and he'd try to throw it harder. 
And I am here, you know, we're fishing, so I'm putting the worm on the hook. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, we got a big bobber up here and a worm on the hook. So, and I'm right behind him. I'm trying to coach him. And when he gets that thing, man, he's going like this. And you, I'm thinking I'm going to get a new piercing. <laughs> I'm going to come in here with a fish hook hanging out of my ears. They look at my piercing. And so finally he gets it casted out there. He gets a hang of it casting. Well, that's not, that's not what he's saying here. In the original language, casting doesn't mean like the fishing reel. Casting means this. It's like I've got this big boulder I'm carrying and I can barely move with it. And casting simply means I just let go of the boulder. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I don't have the strength to throw it. I can't throw it. It's too heavy. But what I can do is I can just say, God, this is yours. I can't carry it anymore. And all I have to do is just let it go. And when I let it go, when I let it go, somehow I'm free. See, casting your care will help you be free from despair. Oh, let me say that. Casting your cares will make you free from despair. You feel so despondent. You feel like, I don't deserve it. I can't get up. God doesn't even like me anymore. I don't deserve this. No, you don't deserve it. But it's because of his mercy, everybody, and his love. And what he did on that cross for you is through the power of his love that you don't have to carry that boulder anymore, that pain from that, that past marriage, that pain from that past failure. You don't have to carry that anymore. He's inviting you today to just cast that on him and let him show you that he, he still loves you and he still cares for you and he still got you and he knows your name. He has forgot about you and 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 he has forgot about you. Amen. Oh, he hasn't forgot everybody. He still loves you. He's got you. He knows your name. He's got your address. He knows you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You say, Pastor Jeff, I don't know. I don't know. I've sinned. So, no, no, no. His mercy's got you. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me, everybody. His mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. He's got you. And see, today you walked in with this shoulder boulder. Every time you start thinking about God, the devil reminds you, oh, you remember when? You remember when? You remember that night? You remember that day? You remember that party? And you carrying this boulder. And he's saying, Peter said, nobody's failed worse than me. What I've learned is if I can just cast my care upon him, then I realize that he cares for me. Amen, everybody. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, 
That's sccview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.